0: All right, Jeremiah. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to see everybody. Welcome to Life Church today. The first Sunday in December. So uh, it's good to be in church. Man, it's good. It's good. Those of you watching online, welcome. Thank, thank you for taking the time for streaming. We hope you feel right at home as well, since you are. <laughs> well, that came out pretty good. So uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey man, it's, um, it, it is really good to see you. Uh, I, I can't ex- express the joy um, that my heart senses and, and experiences when uh, we're together as a family. And man, how cool that is. So, um, you heard Jeremiah talk about awaken tonight. It's always a, a great time. Listen, uh, I don't think we have to debate or, or, um, uh, dissect what's going on in our, in our world right now, but we do know that our world is changing rapidly. And, um, I'm reading through the book of Revelation right now, and it's just, again, a reminder that Jesus is coming soon. And, man, we, we, want, we want to be ready for him, a church without spot or wrinkle. He's preparing his bride, his church, for that great day. And uh, I always look forward to Awaken because it's the front end of a month. It's, it's just good to kind of realign yourself uh, for that month, um, saying, Lord, I need your help. You know, I, I'm depending on you. And that's a, a good place to be. So uh, we look forward to that. Hey, just in your, um, your updates, you'll notice that Wes and Nola Diebner uh, are celebrating the birth of their daughter, Letty, who was born November 17th. Uh, she's in the back row already. Um, that's cool. Um, you know, getting getting our children in the habit of being in church, man. It's a great place. And then Bo and Renata celebrate Tikva, who was born on Friday uh, this past week. So, uh, if you hang around Life Church very long, you'll, uh, you'll recognize there's a lot of babies and a lot of children. And, you know, uh, children are a gift from the Lord. And so we give him thanks for those gifts for sure. Yeah, well, today we are uh, excited to have Brett Hollis here. If you go to his webpage, it's not Brett Hollis, it's the Brett Hollis. Unfortunately, that kind of leans into the Ohio State University. I know Jeremiah is into that, um, but we're not. So, um, yeah. So anyway, the Brett Hollis from Milton, Washington, he was here last December, and uh, it's always great to have him here. He's part of the Life Church family. And, um, as always, we're going to be receiving a love offering. And what's that look like? There's giving boxes throughout the building. You've got envelopes nearby. You can, uh, be generous in your giving as well. Uh, you can, you can give online. And, uh, it's, it's just an expression of saying, God, you have gifted each of us in very unique ways. For which you're grateful, and as you listen to Brett today, you'll recognize the gift that God has placed on His life. So let's give him a warm welcome as Brett comes.
1: Thank you, Pastor Bob. Thank you. Good morning, Life Church. So this baby is—is it the one on the back row? Is it their first time? First time in church? Yeah, I was hoping to be the first preacher there. Whatever, that's fine. It's all right. I mean, I'm still glad they're here. I mean, really, I'm glad you're here as well. I don't mean to sound disappointed. Uh, You know, I'm always trying to write new jokes. I I like to spend time writing jokes and observing humorous things and so forth. And so, because I need to write some uh, more jokes, I have decided today I'll watch the Seahawks play. There, I said it. Okay, I said it. I realize I'm in Green Bay area here, and I, I've said it. The Seahawks are not doing well this year. I understand that. It's kind of a it's kind of a, a joke, but uh, it'll it'll hopefully get me some material. But here's the good news: is we know if we are following Christ, we know that we are on the winning team. Yeah. Right. We know we're not going to lose. We know the end score. We know it. And so that's an exciting thing. And so I hope you've come here today with this anticipation and this excitement that no matter what this day looks like, you're on the winning side. And, and I want to just encourage you today. A lot can happen in a year. We know that. I mean, you know, I remember, I remember in 2020 when everyone was saying toward the end of the year, everyone was saying, I cannot wait for 2020 to be over with. And and people are posting on Facebook, you know, I can't wait for this year to be over. In fact, in January, let's see, it was New Year's Eve moving in, this last New Year's Eve we had moving into 2021. Normally on New Year's Eve, people will start blowing off fireworks in my neighborhood around 11.55 p.m., you know, right at midnight time. They were blowing them off at noon, you know, like, I'm not kidding, like, you couldn't even see the, the stuff in the sky, but people are like, we are so done with this year, we're just lighting them off now. And I would sit there and think to myself, that's great, but you haven't seen 2021 yet, right? I mean, not to be a pessimist at all, but I mean, we can sit there and we can categorize things and put them in a box and say, I can't wait for that to be done but really, 2021, maybe you might get to like February and go, remember the good old days of 2020 when all we had to deal with was this or that. But here's my encouragement in this. We're on the winning team and you think about what can happen in a year. Well, what can happen in a moment? And, and you, might, you might, in your mind, think of this negative stuff that can happen in a year or in a small, short of time, but understand that the God of the universe can change everything in an instant. I mean, I mean, scripture says that in the twinkling of an eye, we will be changed. So there's things that can happen instantly, and here's the encouragement to you. Today may be the greatest day of your life. Today may be the greatest day of your life, and to come in today with that attitude and say, you know what, I'm alive and I'm well, God is alive and well. God's in charge. I'm on the winning team. Hey, this is a good day. This is a good day. I have a friend back home. It's interesting. This guy has been through so many struggles. He's bound to a wheelchair. He's been in this wheelchair for years. He's losing a lot of function of his his body. And if you say to him, how are you doing? He says, I've never had a bad day and some days are better. That's just, just, I've never had a bad day. Some days are better, but I've never had a bad day. And if we can just have that mentality going into this morning together, and by the way, that worship, that team, thank you, worship team, because that worship was spot on. Really. It's that that rototils the heart and gets us ready for whatever God has for us. Because you realize that praise is an expression of faith because we are praising and giving thanks before things even take place, right? This might be the first thing you're doing today and the day hasn't even really started and we're gonna give him thanks. Well, how can you give him thanks ahead of time? Because he is God and we're on the winning team. So what I wanna do is I wanna say a prayer and I wanna jump into something. I believe that I have a word that so clearly is from, from God to us this morning in this very moment. So let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for this day. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, whom you've given those who believe. Thank you for your word that does not return void. Thank you for the ability and the freedom to gather together here today to worship you. Thank you that we're on the winning team. Thank you that the battle has been won. Thank you, Lord. We thank you in advance because that's what faith is. We thank you, Lord. And so Father, I pray that you dig deep into our hearts today, that God, this word would bring freedom and it would bring strength and encouragement. And God, I pray, Lord, that you have your way today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, will you turn your Bibles with me, if you have it, to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. As you're turning to Hebrews 12, let me just say, if you've never read this book, it's a great book. It's, in fact, if you would like to know how the Old Testament connects to the New Testament, this is a phenomenal book because it really takes the history of the things they did in the Old Testament, and it connects it to the new and makes sense of it. One of the things, though, that the author does is he makes sure that he does everything he can to encourage the believer. Because, see, the life of a believer is not always easy. In fact, we oftentimes have candy-coated the life of a Christian to make it sound like it's all peaches and cream when in reality, sometimes people go through more struggles following Jesus than perhaps they did before they made a choice to follow Jesus. The difference is they don't go through the struggles alone and there's there's purpose in the pain, okay? And that there's a reward to look forward to. But in this the author of Hebrews gives us some examples in chapter 11. We won't turn there. It's kind of a lengthy chapter, but let me just uh, give you this, this uh, synopsis of it. So chapter 11, we often call the, the hero chapter or the hall of fame, right? Or the hall of faith, you could say. And he lists these big name, big hitters out of the Old Testament, people that were great examples of living out their faith in God and amazing things that they accomplished living out their faith in God. But there were certain things that they all had in common. And one was they had really tough obstacles that they had to face along the way. But they also overcame those obstacles through God. Now, what the author of Hebrews wants to do is encourage you today and me today by using them as examples and he lists, in, in chapter 11, he goes through all this and he says the things they've done. And then in chapter 12, let's look at verse one. He says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders in the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I don't know what 2021 has been like for you. I don't know if you showed up today weary, tired, exhausted, and losing heart. Like you wake up in the morning and you just find it hard to be happy about anything. You wake up in the morning and you're not motivated. You're not excited. You know, it's one of these things where we can get really down about it. It's it's funny, during during COVID, I've paid attention to things that I didn't necessarily pay attention to before. And one of those is commercials. And one of the commercials that was big out in the Northwest, was a commercial for advanced hair restoration. And this commercial came on literally saying that they want to help us get through COVID. And here's how this can help you. And so this advanced hair restoration commercial comes on, and this is what it says. You would be amazed at how much more energy you would have with a full head of hair. Now, Now, I don't know about you, but I have never sat on the edge of my bed and just gone, oh, man, I am so exhausted. If I only had more hair, I just, oh, maybe I could mow the lawn or something. I, I mean, if the theory that more hair gives you more energy is correct, then my uncle with the really hairy back should be way more active than he is right now but we come up with these concepts these ideas that this is what's going to help you this is what will get you through this this is how you can be inspired in the day this is what you need and we can hear commercials and you know everyone was trying to tap into that we can help you through COVID-19 we can get you through this and yet what the author of Hebrews is laying out here for us as you will notice is he's saying listen You're going to face opposition. You're going to face trials. You're going to face struggles. And I'm going to help you get through this. And, and, and what he does is he says this. He says, there are certain things you need to stop doing and other things you need to start doing. And that's the way it is with anything, right? I mean, if you're, if you're even considering making a New Year's resolution this year and a lot of people go for the dieting thing or what, you know, let's make, and it lasts great until like, February 13th, and then we, you know, and then we're done for the year. Because we start this and we go, well, you know, I got to do this, I got to do that. But, but what we're going to see in here is just like, just like, say, exercising or losing weight, you have to stop certain things and start other things. You got to stop eating certain foods and start eating other foods. You got to stop laying around on the couch and start being active right? Those are things, they're opposite. So the the author of Hebrews, he starts off by saying, listen, there's a race that has been marked out for you. Okay. There is a race that has already been marked out for you. It's the race of faith. And I love how he gives us this description. In fact, he's not the only author in scripture to give us the description of our walk with God is actually a run with God. And that it's really a race that we're in. In fact, in fact, it's the apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 9. He says in verse 24, do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Like run your heart out. Run in such a way that you're not going to give up. You are going to run and get that prize. You know, I, it's interesting. I started running with my daughter a while back, but I, I I struggled because I have asthma. But it's uh it's funny. My doctor my doctor said that I have exercise induced asthma. That's what it, I guess it's a thing. I didn't even know it was a thing. So I had so he wanted me to have this inhaler. I'll like, say exercise induced asthma. I come back from my yearly checkup and he says to me, he's going over the list of stuff and he says. How's the asthma? And I said, you know what? I stopped exercising and it's great. I haven't had, I've had no more problems and I feel good, I feel good. But here you get into this race of faith and it's the challenge of getting from the beginning of your life to the end of it with faith in between with you and God. And it's a run, it's it's a race that we have But with this race comes obstacles. And and today, I want to make sure that you understand I'm talking about the race of faith and heaven being our final destination. But I believe within this race of faith, God also marks out lanes for us. And that lane can be that particular thing that he has called you to do. So he's called all of us to run this race, but he's called you to stay in your lane. And for, for me, my lane is one thing. I have a certain call that I'm trying to live out and I'm trying to live in that lane. For you, it might be something else. And God may have given you a vision for your lane and in 2020 and 2021, you feel like you've lost sight of this vision. You feel like you have, you're no longer on the scenic route. You are like lost in the thick of the woods. But if you will stay in that lane and you will continue putting your faith in God, He's going to get you to your destination. So we have this lane. That so he says you have to run this race, but there's certain things we have to do. And, and in verse 1, he says, uh, let us throw off everything that hinders in the sin that so easily entangles. Let me start with sin real quick here because not everybody likes to talk about sin. But we should talk about it because everybody does it. See, sin is anything that goes against God's will and purpose for your life. Sin is anything that goes against his commands for you. Sin is anything that's displeasing to God in behavior, thought, motive, action. And, and the funny thing is, is none of us have to be taught how to sin, really, right? I mean, I mean, like for myself, there's times I think I'm not good at anything. Wait, I'm really good at sinning. That's not bad. No, it is bad, Right? I mean, you don't ever have like sinning one-on-one classes, right? Because it's just our nature. We're just good at it. The thing is with sinning, though, is sin entangles us. It wraps itself around us. And you might be sitting here saying, well, I know there's a few things in my life I need to change. I should probably change. It should probably work on this." But this, they're no big deal. They're small. Let me tell you, no sin is small No sin is not a big deal. All sin is bad. All sin leads to a dead end. All sin entangles. There is never a good time to sin. There are never good results of sin. There are never good reasons for sin. And sin will entrap you. It will hold you back in your race. It will kick you out of your lane. And when you sin, when you allow sin to lead you in life instead of the Holy Spirit, what you do is you find yourself lost in the woods all along the way. And you find yourself completely not just hindered, but when you allow sin in your life, what it does is it sucks out all the desire to do what you were created to do. Do you know that the Apostle Paul said in in Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork or his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for you to do. And sin, what it does is it distorts that. It distorts your view of it. It distorts your understanding of it. And it keeps you from achieving what God has created you for. So we have to be careful with it. It's, it's funny because we can say, well, it's my business. It's, it doesn't, it doesn't affect this over here, that over here. Listen, I was in my yard last summer doing yard work, which is a pretty unusual thing for me. And I was down there, and we had vines. I don't know if you have many vines around here, but we had vines in our yard. And I grabbed, I bent over, and I grabbed this vine, and I, I yanked it up, and it was deep into the ground. And so I tried to grab by the root, and I stood up, and when I did, out of the corner of my eye, I noticed a bush move on the other side of my yard. And I was like, and I went, and now if anyone, if my neighbor was looking over my fence, I would have looked weird because I'm like, hum, 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 hum. and I'm just trying to, and every time I pulled it, that bush moved. And I'm thinking, this is crazy. That vine was all the way under my lawn, all the way to the other side of my yard. I'm like, tell my wife, come out here, watch this. You know, I mean, It just became this, this thing. And it reminded me that that's the way sin is in our life. You think it's a small little thing, but you start getting to the root of it. You realize it's affecting these other areas of your life you didn't even realize. These areas that you didn't think were even connected to this, it's beginning to tug on. It's like a cobweb. You ever you ever go walking out somewhere and you, you're walking in the woods or just even to your car and a cobweb, you walk through a cobweb and it's it like takes you forever to get it off of you. You're, oh, me and you you know, you and of course your neighbors are watching you out there. You know, you just, they don't break dancing or what you, they don't know what you're doing. Sin does that. It gets, it gets everywhere and it touches every part and it will keep you from running the race. And you say, oh, I don't got to deal with this. It's just a little thing. No, let me ask you. When you're walking around and you have a little rock in your shoe, does that affect you? Okay, you're walking along, you ever have that, it's just this little pebble, but at first you kind of put up with it and you do this sort of thing. You know, and you'd be walking through the mall because you're like, I don't want to, I don't want to untie my shoe and go through all that. So then you're you're just every once in a while. People are thinking you're having spasms. You're like, hey. And finally, you're like, okay, I can't stand this anymore. I can't, it's driving me crazy. And you sit down and you untie your shoe and you pour it out, and it's this little, this little tiny, you can hardly even see it. You never pull your shoe off and go and have like a three pound rock go, wow. And your friends go, that was in your shoe? Yeah, can you believe it? It's never this big loaded millstone that was in your shoe. It's always a little tiny pebble. So little things can affect you because if you allow the little things to go on, they become big things. And those big things hinder you. Now, let's back up just a little bit. So he says, let us throw off everything that hinders. In the sin that so easily entangles. So, we're talking about things we have to stop. So, we need to stop a lifestyle of sin. We need to deal with sin in our life. We need to deal with the problems while they're small. But then he says, throw off everything that hinders. Everything. And that word there in the Greek is, is weight, every weight that weighs you down. And there are some things, there's some. Things in our life that maybe they're not counted as sin, but they're holding us back. You know, remember remember when uh, David was going to go fight Goliath and Saul told him, here, put on my armor. But his armor was just too big and too heavy. And David just couldn't be himself. He just couldn't do, he couldn't battle the way he knew he needed to battle. So he just, it was an encumbrance to him. So he took it off. Some of you are maybe putting things on that are hindering you and and you think it's okay because they're not sins, but they're holding you back. And let let me give you an example of what I mean. You could do a lot of good things, but if they're not the best things, they're going to hold you back and weigh you down. This is what I mean. You might be an absolute gift to this church because you volunteer for everything. And you are a blessing for sure. And there are a lot of ways you could serve in the church. Maybe you can be Sunday school teacher again. Maybe you could uh, uh, work in the hospitality area. Maybe on the worship team. Maybe you can be a board member. And those are all good things. And obviously they're not sins. But if it's taken away from what God really has for you, then you're doing something good that keeps you away from the best. And so what I want to encourage you with this year, this week, is make decisions that say, listen, if I say yes to everything, that means I'm saying no to something. And if I say yes to some really good things, but they're not the best things, then I am being hindered in my lane. And so I want to encourage you today. You might have things in your life right now that are not sins." But they're holding you back from what God has for you. There were things in my life that God wanted me to deal with. I, I remember when I first got saved, I, I was a heavy smoker. I loved smoking cigarettes. I, it was part of my life. I, I loved the taste of them. I loved the smell of them. I loved the feel of everything. I loved, I wanted to be like the next Marlboro man. You know, I mean, that was kind of my thing. And I got saved and I was, I knew Jesus and I loved Jesus, but I also liked my, my camels too. I mean, I did, it was just right. And I remember people in church tell me, well, you know, you're going to have to stop smoking now. And I'm like, why? Well, it's addictive. And then I have to admit to you, I, I do have a little bit of a sarcastic side to me. And, and I was I was young and, and I liked a good challenge. And so when they said, well, it's addictive, I said, yeah, but you just walked in and said you had to have your coffee. So help me understand this. And so those conversations didn't always go so good. And I, I, this is going to sound really weird, but it's, it is the absolute truth. I was, I was at home one day. I was reading my Bible and I lit up the cigarette and I'm taking a drag of a cigarette And I had the strangest, I'm not going to tell you it was a vision. I'm just going to tell you I had this really weird, bothersome picture come to my mind. Every time I took a drag of my cigarette, I pictured Jesus in my heart going, (laughs) 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 and it drove me nuts. I mean, every I'm like you stop that? And I'm like literally talking to my chest. Stop. I just want to enjoy this. Stop. And I finally got to the point where I knew what he was saying. I needed to quit. And I needed to quit for me, not because someone told me I needed to. I didn't need to quit because my addiction was worse than another person's addiction. I needed to quit because God told me I need to quit and it's hindering my race. And so I, I remember I bought one last pack of cigarettes. You ever do this, you know? Bought the last pack, and I open it up. Of course, you do the cool, you know. Open up. I lit it, and I felt like the Holy Spirit, the moment I took that first drag, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, you're either going to quit or you're not. Because I was going to smoke the whole pack. Right? I was going to smoke the whole pack, and then I'd be done. This is my last pack. And I got like one more drag off of that cigarette. He said, you're either going to quit or you're not. And this was the prayer I said to him. God, I love smoking. I love the taste of it, the feel of it. I love everything about it. But I love you more. So I will give this to you. But I ask that you replace everything with your Holy Spirit in my life. And I put that cigarette I crushed the pack. I threw it away. And that was December 10th of 1989. I haven't had one since. Now, now I'm not saying it was easy. I'm not, you know, it, like everywhere you go, people are smoking. This was back in the 80s, right? So people are smoking in restaurants and everything. And so, so it, took, it took running. It took really running this out but this is what God did to me. There are things in your life that they may not be a sin, but they are if God's telling you to get rid of them and you keep doing it. Then it, then it, then it goes into the sin, the sin section. But there are things in your life, maybe you love video games. What's wrong with video games? There's nothing wrong with them. We play them. But if video games is taking your time instead of spending time in the word of God and in prayer it's hindering you. If time with these people over here is taken away, it's hindering you. If doing this hobby or doing this is taken away, it's hindering you. So I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to tell you what to take out of your life, but here what I am here to do is I'm here to give you a message from God that says this, you better take inventory of your life right now. And you better ask yourself, how am I doing in this race? Am I allowing things to weigh me down? Am I allowing things to get in my way? Am I allowing things to hinder me and entangle me from this race? Because there are great things God has in store for you, but you need to run free. You need to not be encumbered by the worries of this world or these other things that draw your attention more, or you will never enjoy the freedom that God has for you. You see, he... uh, he goes on to say more about sin in the chapter, but I, I, I don't want to go into all of it, but I just want you to look at verse 10. If you drop down to verse 10, it says, our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. Do you know why God wants those things out of your life that are entangling you and hindering you? Because he wants you to know and experience his holiness, his presence, his goodness, his grace, his forgiveness, his love, his joy, his power, his spirit, him. He wants you To know him, he wants you to experience him, and these other things can hold you back from that. So, if we go back to verse one, and he says, Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance. Some translations say endurance or patience. Run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. How do we run with perseverance? How do we run with this endurance? We have to make sure we're focused on the right things. Whenever I do a teaching on vision casting or, or helping people accomplish the goals or the visions that God has given them, uh, this is what I always say. You, look, you go to the end of the vision. You go to the final product, the final thing, what it looks like in your mind, in your spirit. And then you walk backwards. Now, how am I going to get there? This is what God showed me. This is where I am. Now, how am I going to get there? What are the steps I'm going to take? And a lot of it is going to be based on where your focus is. It says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Let us gaze on him, be fixated on him. When my daughter was really young, she loved to watch cartoons and stuff on TV. But this girl, I'm telling you, she'd be in the living room. I'd go, hey, Heather, uh, Heather, Heather, Heather. And she literally would just be, and I would come over and I would, I would do this thing, you know, first, and it would not even phase her. And I would stand in front of her. And i it's like she, I wondered for a while she really had superpowers. Because it was like she could see right through me. She just, and I'm like, Heather, and I know in her mind she's thinking you make a better door than a a dad. And so I'm standing there, Heather, and finding, oh, what? Her focus, she was so focused on that, nothing was able to distract her. And we have to make sure that our focus is on the right thing. And I'm not talking about just the final goal. But listen, if heaven is our final destination, what we're going through in 2021 should be cushioned in the fact of what we see as our final destination. Because we can sit here and go, this really stinks, but that doesn't. I don't like what I'm going through here now, but it can't be compared to what I'll be doing for eternity so I have to keep my eye on the big picture. But within the big picture, the central focus of the big picture, the central focus of heaven, the central focus of the entire Bible from beginning to end is Jesus Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith. I need to put my focus on him. Now, I went jogging one time down to this. Someone laughed. Really? I, anyhow, I went went to this school nearby our house. It has a track. I was going to go jog on this track. I'm stretching and all that. And I get to the track and there were these stairs that led down to the actual track. And I saw way out in the field, this big football field, this couple throwing a Frisbee for each other. But when I came to the edge of the stairs, I looked down and I saw... A big pit bull terrier. His back was to me, and he didn't see me. And my heart began to because when I was six years old, I was attacked by a pit bull, and had to be taken to the hospital and surgery and all that. And and ever since. And if you're a pit bull owner here, that's great. I know I do not want to pet your dog. I mean, it's one of those things where I personally just don't want one, and I get a little nervous when I'm around them. A little bit of history. This dog is there and I'm, wa- I'm keeping my eye on that dog and I'm walking over here. I'm thinking, what if I scare him, what if, whatever. And I saw that he had a chain on him, but I couldn't see how far it reached. And I'm walking over here to this edge of the stairs and I'm watching him the whole time and I grab on this railing and I'm taking steps slowly and I get about the fourth step down and all of a sudden I feel something. And I look down And there is the largest Rottweiler I have ever seen in my life. And he, you know, Rottweilers are very foamy at the mouth, okay? His face is pressed against me right here in my shorts. And I'm like, I look down and he's looking up at me and just like a washing machine, just foam. He soaked my whole, at least I think it was him. But we... (laughs) I'm looking down. I'm very, very nervous at this point. And I'm like, good doggy." And then the, the pit bull turns around. Well, then the owners see, hey, dogs, you know, whatever. And it was fine. But then, of course, I'm running around this track. I had my eyes focused on the wrong thing. Focusing over here, I bumped into something worse over here. When you focus on the wrong things, you're going to bump into the wrong things. You keep your focus on Jesus let him be your goal. Let him be your where you set your sights on. And you can't go wrong. And when you focus on Jesus, you're reminded of what he endured for you and that he kept going. For the joy, for the joy of the cross that was put before him, He or for the joy that was before him, he endured the cross. And we know that he is our strength and he is our provider and he is the, the author and perfecter of our faith. But we have to have focus if we're going to persevere. Now, I learned a big lesson in persevering. I I just want to share this one story with you. I'm a hunter. I love to hunt. Uh, Thank you. In Washington, I do a lot of types of hunting. And a friend of mine, I taught him a certain kind of hunting. And then he was going to teach me duck hunting. I had not duck hunted yet. This was quite a few years ago. And we went out duck hunting, and it was a very... Well, we were in eastern Washington. It was a very snowy, cold, cold day. And we went down by this river. We called for ducks, and all of a sudden, here comes this duck. And I'm all excited. I lift up my shotgun. Boom! Psst! And I get my first duck. And I was so excited, and this duck just landed in the water. And he's like... And all of a sudden, he began to float right by me in this river. I'm like, wait, wait, my duck, my duck. Well, my friend... He couldn't bring his dog that day. I don't remember why I think his dog was injured or, or sick or something. We didn't have a dog. We didn't have a boat. We didn't have anything. And I handed my friend my shotgun, and I began to run down along the riverbank so I could somehow get this duck. So I'm running in the snow, and I get, and all of a sudden, I get to this wide part of the river, and the duck's on the other side, and he gets stuck in this little whirlpool. And so he's just doing this over there. He has no idea what's going on. And I'm sitting there, man, because I've been running. My friend finally shows up, and he goes, oh, dude, I'm sorry. I'm like, what? And he goes, well, I mean, we don't have a dog or a boat. he's we're going to have to go. I said, no, that's my duck. That's my first duck. I can just shoot a duck and leave it out. He goes, well, what are you going to do? I said, well, I I took off my coat. I took off my five shirts, my long johns, my boots, Took off my pants. I had my long Johns and underwear on. Took off my pants. And my friend said, what are you doing? I said, I got to get that duck. He goes, it's not worth it. Don't, what are you doing? The stupid don't. I said, I need to get that duck. I put my toe in this icy water. I'm like, <laughs> it was just freezing. And I'm like, <sighs> he's like, oh, you're, don't, don't do this. I went to dive in. Now I did not want to get my head under there. I didn't want to get my head wet. I did. The sissiest dive you have ever seen in your life. I went eh, like this. And I hit that water. Has water to you, you ever been on the riverbank and it looked like it wasn't moving very fast until you threw like a stick in it or you got it? Okay, I didn't think this was moving very fast. I dive into the water and instantly my underwear and long johns go right off my body and begin to float down the river now i'm stuck naked trying to swim i can't get back and i can't get to the other side my bum is sticking out my friend is on the shore singing moon river flowing I'm doing everything I can to get over there and I'm floating down the river. The duck stays back there. My underpants are way down the water and I get, and I, I grab this branch on the other side and I pull myself out of the water and I'm like, oh, oh. and I'm walking on broken up, frozen mud and snow. I'm trying to get to the duck. I'm like, and my friend's like, throw me the duck. Hurry up, throw me the duck. I'm like, I can't, I can't. and I looked at my body and my skin is starting to turn blue and i'm getting extremely cold and i and i pick up the duck it goes throw me the duck i'm like you thought my dive was sissy like you should have seen this throw i went i couldn't move my arms i just went like that now somehow the duck made it to the other side my friend cody goes come on back you can do it come on i'm like and i just went and i Dove in there again trying to move my muscles trying and i just floating right by and i get all the way down and i grab a branch on the other side and i pull myself out and i literally can hardly walk i'm like oh. and i get to my pile of clothes and my friend hands me my duck and i just collapse on my knees on my clothes and i'm like oh. and my friend looks at my skin and i'm literally turning blue and he goes you're getting hypothermia and he starts rubbing my back to make me warm me up i'm like oh. Now, it was at that point that it dawned on me, I'm a naked man holding a duck, and my friend is giving me a back massage. It didn't feel right. So we loaded up, I got dressed, we went home. Now, my friend, as a gift, had that duck mounted for me, and now it sits in my living room wall. I've asked my wife if I could just pin a pair of underpants underneath it just just to remind me what I went through for that. My point is this. I was determined and I was focused. And I endured a lot to get where I needed to go. Was the duck worth it? No. Would I do that again? No. But I have a reminder of perseverance on my wall every day when I wake up. And I want you to know that there are already a bunch of obstacles that the enemy tries to put in our way, in our path of life. We don't need to add to those. We bring on so many obstacles of ourself. Some are sin, and they entangle us, and they trip us up. Some are little things that become big things. Some are not sins, but they're keeping us back from the best. And I wanna encourage you today, run with perseverance. Run, start running. This is not a spectator sport. You must run. And I love how he says, let us run because we are running together. It is not a competition between me and you. We are running together, but we must run let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And the reward at the end is absolutely out of this world. I'm gonna invite you to stand to your feet. I'm gonna invite the worship team to come up. I want you to know that we're in this together. And I want you to know that if you would put your focus on Jesus, you say, well, I can't see Jesus. Well, here's how we've set our our eyes on, here's how we fix our sights, our gaze on Jesus. Through worship, through prayer, through the reading of his word, through following his example. I mean, I love the story where Peter totally messed up and and you remember he denied Jesus three times and then Jesus, they, they caught a big load of fish and he told them to come and have breakfast and they had a fish breakfast on the shore there. This is in John 21 and Jesus goes for a walk with Peter and he asks him these different questions. He tells him simply, follow me. And at one point, Peter says, he turns back and points at John and goes, Well, what about him? And I love Jesus' response. Basically, he, this is Brett's version. That's nanya. <laughs> He's nanya business. But what about John? That's none of your business. You follow me, is what he said. You follow me. You sit here and go, well. God, why do I have to quit smoking? I know Christians that smoke. That's none of your business. You do what I'm telling you to do. Well, God, why do I have to stop going to the movies here? Why do I have to stop this hobby here? Why do I have to? They're not. That is none of your business. You follow me. God wants to bring freedom to you today. Here's the beauty of it. He doesn't tell you to do this and then says, good luck, do it in your own strength. The beauty of the Christian faith is that God gives you everything you need to run the race. He gives you everything you need. A friend of mine, back home, he won the national record for bench press. He bench pressed for his division. He bench pressed 500, I think it was 525 pounds, 530 pounds, something like that. Huge guy, had no neck, no neck. They called him no neck. He had a hat, said no neck. I asked him, did you ever have a neck? Were you ever born with a neck? Because he just like that. And he wasn't, he wasn't trying to be big and tough. He just was like, he would walk like this. Because he was just so, he was a kind of a squatty guy, just huge. I hugged him at church. It was like hugging a Volkswagen. You, it was the weirdest thing. But this guy, this guy I was saying to him, I said, hey, when you're this big, when you're this big, do people always ask you to help them move things? You know, it's like all the time. I said, what's the heaviest thing anyone's asked you to move? He goes, a safe. Someone asked me to move a safe one day. I said, wow. Then he looks at me and he says, you know what the heaviest thing I've ever tried to carry? What? My sin. So the heaviest thing I've ever tried to carry is my own sin. And I wasn't able to do it and I had to give it over to Jesus. And I want you to know today that you may have come into this room trying to carry your sin. And it's a weight that has been weighing you down and you just can't take it anymore. And you know why you can't take it anymore? Because you were not designed to carry weight of sin. You were not designed to sin and you were not designed to carry that sin. And so when we have sin in our life, it becomes this huge weight That weighs us down and hinders us and keeps us from being in doing all that God's called us to do. If we just confess to Him and say, God, I don't want to try to carry this anymore. I need you to do this. He'll do it. He'll do it. And I believe that this morning, God wants to free you, He wants to free you from sin. He wants to set you free from that weight. And he wants you to run like you've never run before. There was a gal named Molly Seidel from Wisconsin. I don't know if the name rings a bell. She was in the Olympics this summer. She won the bronze in a marathon. It was only her third marathon ever to run and she won the bronze. And this was a quote of hers when they did a report on her later. She said, I wanted to go and be that person who when you're racing, they're all saying, who the blank is this girl? Chris, who the heck is this girl? I just wanted to stick my nose in where it didn't belong and get after it. The Olympics only happens every four years. You might as well take your shot. So she said, here's what I would say. Loved her example. I loved the fact that she'd only, this is the first marathon she'd been in and she won third place. Here's what I'd say to you. Let's run this race of faith in such a way that the devil says, who the is that? Who is that? And let's do this. Let's put our nose where it doesn't belong. Let's get up and get after it because we only have one life to live. Let's take our shot and go for it and run with perseverance. So today I want to pray. And I'm going to I'm going to do I'm going to focus on two areas in my prayer today. One, if you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you have never given him the weight of your sin, I want to pray for you. I want to pray with you because we are running together and you need to know that this is your family now. But I also know that there are many people here that love Jesus, but you've really been struggling, you've really been hindered. And I want to pray because I believe God I believe God is going to set you free this morning. Today's a a moment. Remember we said this at the beginning? It's a moment. It's a defining moment for some of you this morning. You thought you were coming here for one reason, but God showed you something different. It's a defining moment for you right now. So I just want to ask, just by a show of hands, if there's anyone here today, please don't be shy because I'll tell you, if you can't, if you can't be bold in this room, you will never, ever be bold out there. But just by, a, just by a raising of a hand, if you're here and you want to follow Jesus, you want him to take that weight off of you, know more about him, but run this race with him, would you just slip your hand up real quickly? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God is so good. Anyone else? You say, if this is I for today is the day I'm choosing to do this thank you so much God is so good so Father I thank you for all these who raised their hand this morning I love that you saw them before they even came here this morning that you saw them having breakfast you saw them getting up and you just grinned because you knew what you had in store for them today whether they knew it or not Lord, I pray that this right now is a stretching moment for them as they get ready to get on that track, as they get ready to run in their lane. Father, I pray that you would take that weight of sin off of their shoulders right now. That God, I believe that you promised me today that people are going to be set free. So, Father, I pray you set them free from the weight of their sin and the pressures that have dragged them down. And I pray you break those chains maybe chains of addiction, maybe maybe chains of sin, that Lord have held them back. Father, I pray they experience forgiveness right now. And I pray, oh God, oh God, that they know you from this point on, that they run with perseverance this race. And so Father, we're grateful that we are saved by grace through faith. Now, Lord, fill them with your spirit. Enable them to run without growing weary. And Father, I want to pray for everyone else in this room that is just exhausted. They love you, but they're tired. Lord, they are weary. They're just tired of this race. They're t- they just want to sit down. They don't want to finish it. They don't want to... God, give them a new breath of life right now. Breathe into their lungs. Breathe into their spirit. Revive them, Lord. We talk about revival. We sing about revival. I'm asking you to revive the spirits this morning that Lord that they are able to run and not grow weary that they are able to set their eyes on you the author and perfecter of their faith that Lord that they are able to enjoy this race that God that we would run like Molly we would run in such a way that the devil looks and says who is that who is ruining my plans that God that we would run this race with perseverance and we would run it with joy and we would endure even the obstacles that are put in our way because we know what awaits us and so God I pray Lord that you would restore the joy of our salvation to us that you would restore that life that excitement we had when we first started Lord I pray God for those in this room that are just at their end of their rope I pray God that this would be a freedom time it would be be a deliverance time it would be a time lord where they really really experience life and so father i give you thanks and i commit them to you lord i thank you for life church and i pray that life is poured into this church and life is poured out of this church outside i ask you god to do a marvelous work here today all it takes is one moment just one moment with you So, Father, we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.